Happy New Year, beloved. Welcome to the first chapter of 2023. It's good to have you. Thank you for being a part of the Book of Sean tonight. I got a great show for you because tonight we get to talk about something all of us should talk more about, and that is forgiveness. It's a great way to start the year, talking about some of the things we need to get over, let go, move beyond, disempower so that we can empower ourselves, and that is what forgiveness is all about. My guest tonight has a legitimate reason not to forgive. When you hear about her story and what she went through, you will understand immediately why it's been a challenge and continues to be. But I'm hoping tonight to offer her some insight into how it is and why it is it's still important to let it go, to move past, to move beyond it rather. My guest tonight has a story that you need to hear. It's gonna affect you emotionally. Later on, I'm gonna do some Ask Dr. Sean. We're gonna talk about DeMar Hamlin and his condition and my thoughts about that and why white people are leaving America. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, people. We got a ride planned for you. Anyway, welcome to the show tonight. My guest, Deanna Harmon. Hey, Deanna. Hey. Look at that big old smile. Look at you. That's a 2023 smile. I love it. Thank you yes, for being on yes. tonight. <laughs> Thank you for having me. How are you? I am well. All is well. Even the things that are not are well. You hear me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I woke up about three o'clock this morning and I told the devil, not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> I'm having victory and joy today. Sometimes you got to do yes. that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. Good. I'm glad you're in a good place. And I'm glad you I'm glad I'm, I was able to make you laugh and smile because a lot of what we're going to do tonight won't be a reason to laugh or smile. Right. A lot of what you're about to tell yeah. us is a very serious story. So I want to get into it and um, not to be macabre, not to be sad, but to really do some work that all of us need to do to get to where all of us deserve. I'll begin this way. What is the story behind what you're struggling to forgive? What happened? Well, I would say um, I dealt with and faced some abuse, mm. I would say, up until my early 20s. Mm. So some of the things that have to do with abuse, um, also just people friends that I may have been friends with for years um, are doing something um, extreme to hurt me. Mm. So I'm looking forward to forgive those. Yeah, that I, have I, I just want to ask this, Deanna, <laughs> are you talking verbal abuse, psychological abuse, physical abuse? Physical abuse. Physical. Okay. I just want the, I just want the audience to know, you know, what, what it is we're talking about. And I notice also when I asked you what happened to you, it was a long pause and you tried to manage yourself. Um, what were you feeling in that moment? Um, I was feeling like I was going to tear up, mm -hmm. to be honest. And what's wrong with that? Why didn't you do it? Um, 
I mean, even family will tell you I've always been the type of person where I don't care what you always been. It's 2023. Say amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So what you always been don't matter to me. I care about what you are tonight. And, and tonight, I want to free you, liberate you, and give you all the room you need to be a different version of yourself. Because you're here tonight because you want to be a different version of yourself, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, yeah. sir. So part of that is going to be you doing tonight some of the things you don't normally do. So if you feel like you want to tear up, I need you to do that. If you want to, if you want to get up and do a, do a dance, a jiggle, do that too. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is you need to do, to be a better version of yourself tonight, I want to empower you to do it. Let me ask you this, because you've given us enough to sort of draw on our empathy for you. But, but tell us, how has the abuse affected you in this version of who you are? Um, by being hurt by family, uh, friends, and at this stage, me being able to sustain relationships. Mm. Um, I feel like I have let go of a lot um, as I continue to um, get older and um, just still learning and realizing about what life is. Um, I know that this is something that I need to completely try to do, especially for myself. Yeah, yeah. Rather, um, just so I can go into my greatness yeah, absolutely. But but tell me what it's doing to your relationship. You mentioned it, relationships. You, you mentioned it generally, but specifically, what, what has the experience of the abuse that you had to survive, what is it particularly doing to your relationships? Um, it is preventing me from completely being able to open up. Mm. Um, it is... Uh, making it hard for me to be able to trust, um, you know, even um, as far as one relationship, just being with, you know, almost 20 years, mm -hmm. um, I still face um, some reasons why I'm not able to trust. It makes mm -hmm. it very difficult for me to be able to do that because I've had the people that, some people that were extremely close to me, um, hurt me in such a manner. Yeah, yeah, and I've experienced it with you tonight, right? Because, you know, a part of you wanted to emote, to feel, to let go, and that other part of you said, nope, mm -mm, nope, that's not what we do, that's not what we do, right? Um, yes. And let me ask you this, how much time do you think you spend um, trying to protect yourself? All the time. Mm, say more about that. You know, I've done things as far as shutting down social media so I don't have to be, especially like, for instance, Facebook is main one where there's most family and friends that I've known for years, pretty much all my life. So I, I felt also it was bringing into drama and I just didn't want to deal. So when I usually I don't want to deal with it, I just I just cut people off like. Mm. I'm the one that everyone says, you know, I'm the, I'm the least affectionate. You know, that's another thing. I believe that um, some of the abuse that I endured um, up until my early twenties, 
that, you know, it also, I'm not the affectionate type. I've gotten mm-hmm. better, but I'm not, I wasn't the family member to, I'm not going to give you a hug, a kiss, or tell you I love you. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, would tease me on that. And still too, to this day. Um, so it, it but he, he, yeah. hold, hold on one second, Deanna. Here's what you should know. That's normal. That is a normal part of the journey of someone who's a do, endured rather physical abuse of whatever kind. So that's very normal. So I don't want you to feel like you're, you're, you're strange or you're out of the order. When you've gone through what you've gone through, you protect yourself, you shut down, you don't email, emote rather, and you're not the person who is going to be running around giving people hugs because what's been diminished for you is your sense of trust. What's been diminished for you is your sense of what boundaries are. And so because it's difficult when, you, when you've been abused to know what boundaries are, you create an immovable boundary from, for everybody. <laughs> so nobody can get in. But here's the problem. If nobody can get in, then it also means that nobody can get out. And the only person that needs to get out is you. So tell me this, what, what's the story behind the moment when you realized that this was not working for you, that you needed to be different? What's the story behind this, this realization? Like, I got to change this. Yes. Um, my big experience is when um, at the age of 32, there was some family secrets um, that came out and I was pretty much the main character mm. when it came to this huge family secret. And at the age of 32, I pretty much had lived half my life and to find something out that was so huge, it changed everything from that moment. Um, and when I decided to, um, to go further and do something about it um, and connect with some people, um, I ended up getting used for my money mm. and um, it just wasn't genuine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that brought me back to a place where I felt like I was getting better, but it just brought me back to, I'll, I feel like I can't trust nobody. And um, as far as like trying to make any new relationships, you know, it was just pretty much a done deal for me. Like I just wasn't going. Hmm. So. Okay. But what are your reasons for wanting to change? Because here's what I know. Transformation does not happen without reasons. You have to know why you're trying to accomplish it, not just what you're trying to accomplish it. Right. Trying to accomplish, rather. What's your why? What are your reasons? My, my number one reason is my son, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely the number one reason. And I would also say just Okay, stop, because you did it again. You felt something, <laughs> and then you tried to act like you didn't. We're going to go right back to the sun. What is it? When you said your son, what happened? What wanted to come up? Um, Stop fighting it. Yeah. I tend to do that a lot. Yes. 
I'm a work in progress. No, I'm, no, I'm, not, and I'm not. I'm not beating. I, I'm, I'm. I'm acting like your uncle. I'm, I'm not beating up yeah, on you. Okay. I'm just leaning on you to say that's where the freedom is. You're holding yeah. in the thing that will set you free, because what you feel is a connection to a certain truth that lives inside of you, something that you want to feel or say, and you won't let the truth have its way with you. That's where freedom comes from. That's the only reason I'm leaning on you like this, because I want you to walk away from this show, not just having had a good time, but but having become a better version of you. So let's go back to the sun. What is it about your son that inspires you, that moves you, motivates you, drives you to want to be better? Everything about him. He's he's like me, but he's totally different. Mm -hmm. um, he has a heart that just his personality just his softness um when it comes to just this world and the people that live in it he's just he has more of a heart than me mm -hmm. and um i just want the i want great for him mm -hmm. uh, and, and i want him to see me and what I, that's perfect what, what what example do you think you've been setting for him so far with hold on with respect to forgiveness and moving on and letting go. What example you think you're setting for him with respect to that? I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not where I feel that I need to be. Mm. Mm. Because um, it's just, I don't know why it, it's still so hard for me. Yeah. Um, to just let go. Um, when certain things are brought to my attention, it just kind of, it triggers me. It brings back certain things that has happened. Um, so I feel like I'm getting there, but I'm just not there yet. Which is fair, by the way, yeah. because forgiveness is a process. We're about to take a break in a little while. And on the other side of this break, you and I are gonna have a more substantive conversation about the content of forgiveness and the process of it. But the fact that you're not there yet is nothing to feel bad about. It's, it's, it's exactly where you should be because sometimes people can rush too quickly to forgiveness and sometimes people can never get there at all. The goal is to get there when you're ready to be there, but to make sure that ultimately you do arrive and you showed up tonight and you came to the right place on the right night and you found the right guy. Because what we're gonna do is we're gonna make sure that you understand what this whole forgiveness thing is all about. Because I'm not letting you leave this show in bondage. I owe it to your son. Do you hear me? I owe it yes. to your son. I owe it to him. What's his, what's, what's his name, his first name? Devon. I owe it to him. I owe it to him to make sure that when you get off this show, that he encounters another version of you. Yes. Because I'm not just doing it for him, I'm doing it for his children. And I'm doing mm -hmm. it for his wife. I wanna make sure that when you go back to him, you're preparing him to be a great husband to somebody else's daughter. Don't play with me. I, I didn't come to play tonight. <laughs> anyway, Deanna.
We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about forgiveness. I'm going to give Deanna some real solid tips on getting there, on living there and staying there. Because letting go is something all of us have to do in 2023, okay? It may not be the person who hurt you. It may be the person that left you. It may be you, but all of us got something we need to forgive. And we're going to do it together right after this. Hey, everybody, welcome back. I'm talking to my sister, Deanna Harmon. We're talking about forgiveness. Deanna, so just a, just a level set for everybody who may just be tuning in. Um, we're talking about forgiveness, and in particular in your case, um, the journey that you're having with forgiving some of the people who hurt you, who abused you, for, for a, a more specific way to say it. Um, I'm assuming that, that, that those people, whoever they are, are the people you're having a hard time to forgive. Would that be correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. Is it also the case, uh, are you having anything of a hard time forgiving yourself in this? At times, yeah. Okay. That makes I would sense. say I, okay. I, I definitely have a hard time, and I think that's why I, I'm not able to completely let go. Mm. So, so oh, hold on, because this, this this is important. So the real forgiveness is with you. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's not so much for them For when it comes to me. I feel like at this time in my life that this is something that I need to do for myself. Mm. Um, physically wise, spiritually wise, emotionally, this is something I have to do if I want to continue to go on the path that I feel that I'm on. Got no it. Way to. But I, and, and you're right. Forgiveness is the gift that we give ourselves. You're absolutely right. But I'm asking you something a little different. I'm asking you if in this journey you have felt the need to forgive yourself for whatever it is you said or chose or allowed or thought about yourself that allowed you to believe on some level that you deserved what happened, you warranted what happened, that you, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes when people are hurt by other people, instead of placing the blame where we should place it, we place it on ourselves. And if we've done that, then we need to forgive ourselves for that. Is that part of, a part of your story? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, there was, you know, in certain circumstances where I was, you know, from some forced to believe that I was at fault for some of the things that occurred. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, and so what percentage of you, you think is holding on to what happened? So is 10% of you holding on to it? 70% of you, 90% of you, what percentage of you is holding on to what happened? Be honest. Um, I would say about 60%. About 60%. Okay. Well, that's something we can work with. So let's do some work. When I say forgiveness, what do you think it entails? So when I say forgiveness, what do you think that means? What is that for you? That would be for me to be able to not have any anger 
in me for things that happened to me. Okay. Stop. Stop. Because that's not what it means. Okay. Okay. No, this is great. I'm glad you said that. And I want you to continue to answer after I'm done. Forgiveness Mm -hmm. will never mean that you don't have any anger. There's a part of you that's always going to be angry about what somebody did to you that you didn't deserve. Forgiveness means that that anger doesn't control you. It doesn't make decisions for you. It doesn't shut you down. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you don't feel it. It just means you're not controlled by it. It means that it's present, but not in control. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, yes, good. I so, so what, what else does forgiveness mean to you? Because we got to unpack what it means so that we can put it into practice. Right. Um, I would say to just sum it up, just, I feel like forgiveness for me mm-hmm. would just put me in a better spot as a whole mm-hmm. where I feel that I need to be and I should be completely because there's just certain things um, that I have not been able to completely let go of. Right. So, 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 so stop for a second, because I want to make sure you get this. Being angry and being resentful are two different things. There's nothing wrong with being angry when someone has hurt you. The problem is when anger, anger metastasizes into resentment, because resentment is a connecting emotion. When I'm mad at you, it's what I feel in the moment. And every time I think about it, man, it makes me upset. Resentment is something that ties me to you. Even when you ain't thinking about me no more, I'm still resentful. I can be cooking hominy grits. That's an old way to say it, hominy grits. <laughs> I can be cooking oatmeal and fried chicken, and I'm still resentful. You know what I'm saying? The problem yeah. is... Too many people are tied to resentment because they think that's how you punish the person that hurts you. When the reality is resentment connects you to that person for the rest of your life. It's a connecting emotion because you can't be resentful at nothing or about nothing. Resentment needs an object. So the difference that I wanna speak to you about is this. It's okay to be angry. See, forgiveness doesn't say that what you did was okay. That's not what forgiveness says. Forgiveness never says what you did was okay. Forgiveness says, I'm not going to allow what you did to define the rest of my life. Forgiveness says, I'm taking control over the next 25 years of my life. And you, whoever you are, you don't get to be the leading part of this story. So that forgiveness says, when I tell my story, I don't talk about you. Lord have mercy. I feel like throwing my shoe. <laughs> forgiveness that, says, go that, ahead. What are you going to say? No, I, I actually agree. That's perfect. That's exactly where I feel that I'm at. And the way, and, and, and yet, yes. I don't, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want anyone, um, no, no, change the language. You know, change the language. To- no, 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 change the language. <laughs> Say this after me. No one. No one. No, put some black woman attitude in it. No one. There you go. No okay. one. <laughs> I love it. No one will ever. No one will ever. Ever. 
ever define define my life for me. My life for me. What you did for evil. Mm-hmm. Say it. What you did for evil. And I want you to imagine whoever they are. Say it again. What you did for evil. What you did for evil. Life worked it for my good. Life worked it for my good. And you don't get to control me. And you don't get to control me. You don't get to make me mad. You don't get to make me mad. Come on, freedom is coming. I feel it. Don't you fight this. I am free. I am free. I'm free today. I'm free today. I'm free right now. I'm free right now. You hurt me. You hurt me. But you didn't kill me. But you didn't kill me. And I have a son to live for. And I have a son to live for. I'm done. <laughs> I could roll up. I could roll out this chair and on the phone on the floor right now. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying to you? That's, yes, where it sir. That's where it begins. And every day I want you to say something like that until you start to take the power back. No, no. Yeah. Yes, it happened. Yes, it hurt. Yes, you did it. But I'm not defined by what you did to me. You are you are not where my story begins. And, and the more you can say that to yourself, the sooner you can say it to them. Yes, sir. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. What are you getting from this? Um, I'm getting some healing, mm. some understanding um, of where I need to go and mm. moving forward to get me all the way there. I'm going to give you the secret to forgiveness that nobody ever talks about, and I'm only giving it to you, okay? You're the only person I'm giving this to. Forgiveness is about power. It's about power. It's how you take back your power. It's how you tell somebody, I will decide how the rest of this story gets written, and I will decide where your name and how your name appears. That's what it's about. And I just believe that you're going to be way more powerful after this conversation than you were when it started. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so as well. Yeah. Because here's the thing, we can't undo what's been done to us, right? Exactly. We can't change yeah. the past, right? Right. But what we can do is decide how much influence the past will have. That's in your control. That's in your control. That's in your control. You get to decide how much emphasis and how much perspective and how much whatever significance you decide to give it. And I promise you, and I want you to do this for homework. I want you to take a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle. On the one side of the paper, I want you to write what happened to you. And then on the other side of that line, I want you to write all the things that you are that have nothing to do with that. Okay. And when it gets hard, I want you to pull that paper out and I want you to see what happened. And then I want you to see all the things that you are. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>
Listen, I could do this all night. <laughs> I could do this for hours and have the song going. <laughs> Deanna, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you so much. Yeah. Did you get something out of this? I did. I definitely did. Thank you so much, Dr. Sean. I really appreciate this. Um, this was and, something that I needed. So. And I saw you cry a little. I saw you tear up a little. And that's yeah. so good. No, that's so good. Because 2023 is the year that you give people a different manifestation of yourself. People are going to meet a new you this year. And they may not like it because some people like some people liked you better when you were in bondage. But this is going to be the year where they get to meet the free you. And then you're really going to know who loves you and who don't. <laughs> exactly. Listen, my sister, go forth in the strength that remains. And I pray you love. I pray you forgiveness. I pray you hope. I pray you that you will raise a great black man and that he will become the pride and the purchase of your love and your joy. Um, I wish you all the best this year. Thank you so much, Dr. Sean. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me again. My pleasure. My pleasure. Listen, everybody, I had a couple of aha moments in that conversation. I'm going to share them with you as soon as we get back. We're going to talk about DeMar Hamlin. I got some thoughts about that you don't want to miss. Um, and of course, we're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Woo! Deanna, what an interesting conversation. What a powerful witness. I had some aha moments with that. Played a bumper. Highly, Vicente, one of y'all. <laughs> all right, listen. Um, first of all, Happy New Year, Highly. Every, I say, you know, Highly all the time and haven't wished you a Happy New Year. But let's talk about these aha moments because. Um, if you watch that conversation carefully, you notice that it grew. The longer we talked, the more she grew. And she grew because she was open to growing. See, I talk to people on the show all the time, and not everybody who comes on the show is open to growing. They're not always open to listening. Sometimes they fight me harder than the people that hurt them. And I'm sitting here wondering, why are you fighting me so hard? I'm just trying to help you. But if you notice, with all of her inabilities to sort of let go at first, she didn't fight me. She didn't push back. She absorbed what it was I was trying to do. She let it settle in her spirit and she worked her way through it because that's how you grow. That's how you growth begins with the willingness to grow. When you decide I want to be a different version of myself and I'm not willing to wake up tomorrow and be exactly what I am today. That's when you've already started to grow. You can be doing all the things it takes to be a certain kind of person. And if your decision, your willfulness, your agency, your choices have not been made, then you just going through the motion. You have activity without accomplishment. But when you decide, mm -mm, I'm going to receive it, I'm going to drink it, I'm going to grow from it. That is where the magic happens. See, I did that. That's where, the, that's where the magic happens. And what you saw tonight was a little bit of magic. Someone who was able to let go, to emote, to feel, to shed tears, not just for her son, but for her. And to come out with a different understanding that she still has power. See, people don't take all your power just because they hurt you. 
They take some of who you are, of course, but a lot of you remains. That's the aha moment. Remember what you have left and what you have left to live for. And let that be the reason you get up in the morning and live your life in a different direction. Huh? Don't play with me. All right, let's do some Ask Dr. Sean. Highly play the bumper. So you guys always send me amazing questions and this one is no different. Check it out. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Elkie and I have a question for you. I'm wondering how do I approach a friend and to let her know how I feel about uh, every time I'm inviting her somewhere, she has excuses. So how do I approach her with that? It's a great question. And I think that my answer will apply to scenarios that are similar, but may not be the same, but no less important. Here's my answer. The way you let someone know that, know that what they're doing happens to be affecting you negatively is not just to talk about the negative effects. You begin always by talking about how much you feel about the person, the connection, the relationship, and what their absence does to you. It's one thing to tell somebody what you don't like or what you ain't putting up with. And that's what we do on social media, right? I'm not dealing with this. But what we need to practice is telling people why, why the action affects you so profoundly and so deeply. It is because the love and the connection and the friendship is so strong. And when you let your friend know that you are connected, that that's your sister, that or your brother or whatever it is, and that that bond, it shapes and molds and guides and, and centers your life, that that relationship is one of the things that you use to be your compass through the milky malaise of life, then it invites your friend to have a different response to her own presence in your life. Don't just give people the effects, give them the cause and the reasons why those effects are so impactful on you and to you. And I promise you, if this is a real friend and a good person and somebody that you really want around, you tell them how much their absence affects you and how much you care about them and need them. And if they're, good, if they're a good person, they will adjust. They may not be there all the time because nobody can be there all the time. And that's something you're going to have to reconcile yourself with. But they, I promise you, they will make a more concerted effort to be present now that they know what being there means to you. All right. Do I have time to do this one? Here we go. Someone wrote me this question. My boyfriend gave me a designer purse for Christmas, but I hate it. I told him that I don't love the purse and I suggested another bag that I like better. He was upset and told me that I am ungrateful. Was it rude to tell him that I disliked his gift? Ooh, was it rude? Well, a little bit. Um, it was a little bit because he probably put a lot of effort and love and joy into getting this gift for you. What I think you should do instead of telling someone what you don't like, you should appreciate and acknowledge the effort and then invite him to go with you to exchange it. I wouldn't make it a big deal. World War Three, some major moment. This doesn't have to be a big moment. This could be a moment that actually brings you together. 
See, when a man does something for a woman, or when a woman does something for a man, or whoever it is you're dating, people just want to feel appreciated. And they want to feel appreciated because you acknowledge the effort that you went out of the way, you went out of your way to do something for me, and I acknowledge the effort. Too many people do not acknowledge the sacrifices people make to do, to do things for them. And sometimes people just want to know, I see your sacrifice, I hear your effort. This may not be what I would buy for myself, but the fact that you went through this to get it makes it significant to me. It is significant to me, not because of what it is, but because of who gave it to me and the effort it took to, to provide it. And then, of course, you should be happy too. Go with him and you can show him more of what your taste is like so that the next time it's time to buy something, he'll get what you like. All right? See how easy that was? Keep your, keep your relationship together. All right? We'll be right back with more Ask Dr. Sean right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Let's do some more Ask Dr. Sean. Reginald sent me this video. Let's take a look at it. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Reginald Clark, and I am from Atlanta, Georgia. I am a very given person. However, my family tends to take advantage of that. What are some tips on how to not allow friends and family to take advantage of you? I only got one tip. Say no. Say no because it's... Sometimes it's healthy to tell other people no so that you can respect yourself in the morning. You know, you can give so much and do so much that ultimately you start not to like yourself. And then you start resenting the other person as if they were the ones who made you do it. No, that was all you. Say no. If you can't do something or if they have extended you beyond what you can actually accomplish, then say no. Because saying no is an act of self-love. And it's also how you love them. Because when you give people what you don't have, you make them a thief. And you make yourself a liar. So you only give what you actually have. And only give what you actually want to give. Because that is how you keep integrity with them. And more importantly, with you. Say no. Say no. If you can't say no, say I can't. That's always my way of getting around people who can't hear no without be becoming belligerent. Tell me, I can't. Can't do it, would love to do it, wish I could. I'm incapable of providing that. Has nothing to do with you, how I feel about you. Has everything to do with my limits and what I don't have. Because I don't care who you are, where you come from, you simply cannot give people what you do not have. So that's how you do it. But it takes courage. Because sometimes it's easier to say yes to a stranger than it is to say no to a friend. But sometimes you have to do it. Finding the courage is the way that you take yourself to another level. Let 2023 be the time where you enter into a season where courage is how you live your life. Not afraid of anybody, not afraid of anything, not afraid of any circumstances, knowing that you can do all things through him that strengthens you. Yeah, so find the courage, love yourself and your family enough to say no. <laughs> all right, someone DM me this question. My husband's, New Year's my husband's New Year's resolution is to lose weight. 
He isn't great with committing to things, and I'm sure he won't commit to this. Should I encourage him to do his best or tell him to be honest with himself? Because he knows he is only giving me lip service. Did I read that right? I think I did. Um, okay, first of all, there's something to the art of keeping your mouth shut. There's something to the business of letting people figure themselves out without you jumping in to either dissuade them or even sometimes encourage them to do anything. First, let me say that failure is as much a part of success as success is. And sometimes people have to try and try and fail and give up and give up and try and fail before they finally get it right. So just because he, has, he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he's not going to do it at all. This might be the time when he actually clicks in. But perhaps even more than that, let me just say this to you. It's how I started. How about you not say anything? How about you wait to see what it's going to be if two months from now he's back to eating potato chips at 3 o'clock in the morning on the couch? Then you already know. But if a month from now or two months from now he is aggressively working to change his life, then of course you should say something to be supportive. You know, what is the old adage? If you can't say something nice, then don't say nothing at all. In this case, if you can't say nothing supportive, then keep your mouth shut. But I should push you a little bit because you kind of need to go back to wife school. And in wife school, somebody should have taught you that you encourage him. Yes, even if he, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, if somebody's doing something that hurts you, then you don't encourage that. But if he's trying something and doesn't always stay committed to it, your job is not to criticize the result. Your job is to encourage the effort. Because the encouragement that you give him to try things that he fails in his own life may be the thing that blesses him enough to try something wonderful with respect to you. Whenever he tries to do something in the direction that is good, and might be in the general realm of greatness, you always encourage that, even if you believe you know what the end results will be. How many times did your mother and your father, certainly my mom, already knew how it was going to end up, but they encouraged us anyway? They said, go on out there, go give it, go do it. Huh? Try it. And that's all you have to do. It costs you nothing to be right. And it costs you nothing in this situation to be wrong. The only thing it costs you is that you be a wonderful example of what a spouse ought to be. Someone who will encourage you, even when I think I know what's going to happen. But as long as you're not doing anything crazy to hurt yourself or to hurt me, the least I can do is say, go on out there and do your thing. You can do it this time. Why can't we give each other that? It's free. <laughs> oh, I laugh at my own jokes, people. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to do a little something called Here's What Doesn't Make Sense. And we're going to talk about DeMar Hamlin. We're going to talk about white folks leaving America. Did you know that? White folks are leaving the country. Really? You want to hear why, okay? The reason is going to shock and amaze you. Prayers up for the Hamlin family, all of it when we come back. With a little bit of here's what doesn't make sense, right after this.
Welcome back, everybody. Let's do a little bit of Here's What Doesn't Make Sense. So by now, we've all heard of how Buffalo Bills football player DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the football field on Mon- during Monday Night Football while the, the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, were playing the Cincinnati Bengals. If you haven't seen the clip, we're going to show you the clip. But before we do, if you don't want to uh, be outraged or affected emotionally by the clip, please turn away right now, and I'll tell you when to look back. Let's show the clip of DeMar Hamlin collapsing on the field. Mm. That's uh, not what any of us want to see, and everybody's around him, and just hope that he's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's okay to look back. Um, And it was such a freak kind of event. Um, you saw in the clip, it was, a, it was a regular sort of mundane tackle that hit him in the chest. And doctors are saying that it's, a, you know, like a one in a million chance that this would happen. But apparently, DeMar suffered a cardiac arrest following the tackle um, because, you know, and I'm not a medical doctor. Um, something happened that doesn't happen often to him when he got hit in the chest so much so that he had to have CPR on the field. And later CNN reported via his uncle that they had to give him CPR again in the hospital after he had gotten there. Clearly all of our prayers and thoughts are with DeMar Hamlin. That goes without saying. We're all praying for this young man and for his family, for his mother and father, and for his full recovery. I, I don't care what anybody says. I believe there's a God. You may not believe it, but I do. And I believe that that God intervenes in the affairs of human beings. I believe that that God can reach in and do things that nobody else can do. I believe it because I've lived it. I've been sick in the hospital and had to have that God reach in and work a miracle for me. And I know that one can happen for Neymar. Again, you ain't got to believe it. That ain't nothing to do with me. That's what I believe. And I'm believing that tonight for Neymar. But the interesting thing about this story and the thing that I thought didn't make a lot of sense is that millions of people watched Monday Night Football on Monday. And at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the year, the first game of the year, life had us watch a man collapse on the field. Did you think about that for a second? The first game of the year, millions of people are watching and life, maybe not the first game of the year because there were games on Sunday, but the first Monday night football game of the year and life, life had us witness the collapse of a black man on the field. Did you think at all about why life would all have all of us see that? Maybe it was because life wanted us to realize that you can be young and strong and fit and still be fragile. That you can be young and strong and fit and kind and ambitious and still have to deal with the vicissitudes of life. I think life wanted all of us to see that on Monday night because sometimes you need to listen to what life is saying. And what life is trying to tell us, what it's trying to get us to understand is that when it's all said and done, What was riveting about that video was not just the fact that it was on TV, but all of us saw it and all of us thought to ourselves, there but for the grace of God go I. 
That video reminded all of us that tomorrow is not promised. And it doesn't matter how young you are or how fit you are or how whatever you are. See, death is certain. Life is the thing that's uncertain. And we walk around like tomorrow is a given. You want the hard truth? That's the hard truth. Death is certain, life is uncertain. And the fact that the NFL took too long to cancel that game on Monday night is a conversation for another time. And the fact that there are sportscasters on a certain network who cared more about the game and the follow-up game than the young man, that's a conversation for another time. It shows you who that man is, that sportscaster is, and it also shows you what the NFL is about. Tonight we pray for tomorrow. Here's what you need to know. If you're living a life, live it now. If you're loving somebody, love them now. If you're trying to build something, build it now. And you better do it with all your might. Because you might not get another chance. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Americans. Apparently millions of Americans have left the United States for a new life. <laughs> Apparently the shift happened last June after the Supreme Court overturned the abortion laws in this country, and millions of Americans have said, and they continue to say, that they want to leave America permanently. According to some reports, 15% of the American population want to leave and go live somewhere else. So here's the part that doesn't make sense. The part that doesn't make sense for me is, so abortion was the thing that made you want to leave? So it was not until a ban on abortion happened from the Supreme Court that you thought, hmm, this might not be the place that I want to live? America's rooted in homophobia, sexism, racism, anti-blackness, anti-Semitism, rampant poverty, insurrection, and violence. And it was abortion that made you want to leave? We just had a president that didn't have his mind and he didn't have a good mind. Huh? We had an insurrection and it was abortion that made you want to leave. <laughs> I just don't get it. You know, more than any other population in this country, any other group in this country, black people have a reason to not want to be here. But the leading groups who are leaving America are white folks, Indians, and Mexicans, with Mexico being the place that most people are going to. Now, when they say Indian, I'm assuming they mean, mean sub, the subcontinent, India, not Native Americans. So white folks, Indians and Mexicans are leaving American, leaving America rather, by the droves. But black people are the people who have more reason not to want to be here. And you have to go back to Martin R. Delaney and Marcus Garvey to find a movement where black people really thought about leaving. We tend not to want to leave America. It's not because America is always great. It's because we happen to believe in the ideals of America more than most Americans do, also known as white people. Not all white people, but most. We believe in the ideals of this country and because we've learned something in our 400 year journey in this country, that you can't run from your problems. Wherever you go, you're gonna find more of them there. Anyway, thank you for tuning in tonight. Love this show tonight. Let me tell you, y'all be good to each other, right? Let's start the year out with radical acts of kindness, people. Be good to each other. I love you.